Hey, this is Kurt Angle, the greatest wrestler of all time and Olympic gold medalist. And you're listening to the amazing, awesome, incredible Wrestle In Podcast. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of the Pure Vision Podcast. It's October, and we're back again to talk all about the previous month in the world of Pure Esu. Uh, back to normal this month because our All Japan expert Ben is joining us after his holiday last month. Ben, how are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm alright. I'm definitely an All Japan expert. That's very much the correct way to describe me. And I, I survived my holiday, so there we go. All was well that ends well. That's all you can wish for, isn't it? Yeah, bit weird. I had an Australian accent last time, but you know. Very convincing, I have, to, I, have to, I have to admit, it was very convincing. Yeah, I'm a professional, you know, <laughs> commit to the bit. And also really? with us, as always, it's our Dragon Gate connoisseur. Kay, how are you? Uh, yeah, I made bad decisions regarding my upload schedule, so I didn't watch as much as I should have this month, but uh, other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, all, we've dropped the ball, none of us have watched GCW this month, it's really... <laughs> And if I have to hear someone call the SSW the SPS one of fucking ten, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're thankfully we won't be talking about GCW today. Um, we managed to last a whole two minutes without starting that rant off. <laughs> Ball out, not the ball out of the park first minute there. Um, <laughs> so instead of GCW, we'll we're going to kick us off. Uh, we'll get right into it because there's, it's. I feel like it's been a busy month and also a quiet month at the same time. If that makes any sense. Um, everything's happened in one big clump. I sort of feel for this past uh, few week. Um, so we're starting with New Japan. Uh, they've had a couple of shows over the last few month, uh, for the last few weeks that have been. Uh, noteworthy and had some important matches on them. Uh, we'll start actually back in September, on the 25th of September, uh, which was the Burning Spirit show, the end of that tour, uh, which was main evented by Will Ospreay against David Finlay, which I thought was a very, very good match. Yeah, I am inclined to agree. Uh, it's kind of, it had a lot of uh, classic Will Ospreay good match points, I thought. A lot of uh, fun combinations, a lot of speed, and just a general excitement and heat in the match, especially as it progressed, which as looking at certain other matches I will be talking about today, <laughs> that doesn't always happen for some people, but I, Will Ospreay is a very good person for getting that. And obviously with the rise of David Finley through uh, the G1 that's just happened, it's nice to see... You know, he he felt like a proper contender as well, which I think once upon a time I might not have said about him. So, uh, yeah, I lo- really like this match as well, I've got to say. Yeah, I think for, it, it was such a, like, a frantically paced match, I thought, for this one. And it sort of, it never let up with like its intensity. And it had the moments where Osprey was um, almost like Shakespeareanly like holding his hand, which is a bit much. But um, apart from that... I... Oh, Osprey is a bit much, isn't he? 
He's, he's, I thought he's, he's selling just great something when he's like, because he was just like shouting, oh my God, constantly. He was like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just like, he's tapped his hand with a little bat, like sell it a bit, but you don't need to like give out and not try and win an Oscar selling this hand um, injury. Um, but no, when they went back to like the, the big moves and the flashy offense and there was an interesting table spot, um, I thought yeah. it was... I, I, it exceeded my expectations actually because I'm not everything is one of them he's winning me around slowly and I'm getting there more and more when you see matches like this from him um, yeah it's one of those things you know someone tells you it's Will Ospreay versus David Finley. it's not whoa this is this yeah. is going to be great but like you know you give it a chance and you give it a watch you know you get something pretty good out of it and yeah, yeah. that's good to see I think it's one of them on paper that's not, it doesn't scream out to you as a match of the year contender on paper. Uh, and then you watch it and you think, well, actually, that was really good and very enjoyable. Um, I think he's, and it's more David Finner than anything else, isn't it? I think he's, he's, one, he's rising up, like you said, Ben. I think that's uh, the key point to take away from a match like this. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's grown a lot over the course of the tournament. Um, he had that. I he had that big match with Juice Robinson. I remember that was mm. pretty good. I, I remember a lot of people were very excited. About a lot. Of, I was not expecting David Finley versus Juice Robinson to be a match that a lot of people are going to end up talking about. But you know, he went out there and he did that. And then over the course of the tournament, he's grown and grown and grown. And here we are. He's putting on a banger with Osprey. That's yeah. great for him. Yeah, and it's, it was perfect for the main event spot in this card and all with, um, so was it Carl Anderson and um, Tanahashi in the main, semi-main? And you look at that and yeah, it's like, bloody hell. Uh... And it's sort of the, the main event um, was sort of the salvage job for this, uh, that particular card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carl Anderson and Tanahashi, what a, what a, oh, great. That was, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, we might circle back to the uh, the certain Good Brothers a little bit later on, um, because that was literally the only interesting thing that happened on that show. Um, so the next <laughs> show from New Japan uh, was in more, much more of a big show. Um, the last big show before um, Wrestle Kingdom, really, and that it's replaced King of Pro Wrestling. It, it, they called it Declaration of Power, which was a decision. Um, I don't know what the issue with King of Pro Wrestling was. I thought it was quite a good name for the show. Um, but two matches stand out um, for this card for me. The first one being Kazuchika Okada against Jonah. Yeah, that was that was also a good match. I've got to say, of us, these across these two shows, the ones I have seen have were <laughs> actually pretty good. I, I saw the Shingo EOP match just before that, the Who's Your Daddy match, which was that that whole feud has been quite something, but I gotta say I I have found it entertaining. <laughs> but I did yeah, this was Jonah's a bit I'm a bit iffy on him sometimes. He has the potential to be very dull. But <laughs> I think you know, you have a guy like Okada who, you know, could have a classic with a broom. And so, you know, he's able to take, you know, who can sometimes be a, just a total bag of potatoes like Jonah and actually make it very compelling. Um, 
Okada teased for Rainmaker a lot, which I think is something he's very good at in particular. So that helped Phil. You know, you felt like he was really trying to hit that move. And when it does, he can finally bring down this beast, which was kind of felt like the general theme of the match was just trying to keep Jonah down. Because obviously he's a big guy, he's hard to bring down. And Okada's not that big. So once he was able to finally hit the Rainmaker and bring it to an end, that's, it was a very nice little story going on for it, I thought. Yeah, it was. I think it was quite a smart match, is what I thought. Ooh. This one, it was. Um, it's not exactly like Shades of Grey wrestling or whatever you want to call it, with like the <laughs> complex storytelling. It's it's simple and massively effective in this sort of match with yeah. a big fella and someone not quite as big who's trying to uh, pick him up and slam him to the floor or um, hit uh, the the tombstone that sort of thing. And it, so the match built um, really quite. Well, I thought, and the crowd, they love Jonah, the crowd. It's, it's, I mean, we saw that at uh, Osaka in the G1 when these two had uh, their first match. And when Jonah hit his splash off the top, they went mental. And they did again here when he was um, attempting the splash off the top in this match. And I think testament to Jonah uh, of how well he's got over with a crowd in such a short space of time. Yeah, I find uh, I find Japanese crowds they they love a nice big outsider. You think of guys like they Benga fella, and they? stuff. Yeah, they do, they do, and you know Jonah's yeah. really fitting well into that category. And, yeah, think on the over. <laughs> yeah, on the fr- uh, thread of uh, treading on some <laughs> some podcast uh, toes here. I think it's also something that really sticks out in TJPW, right? Like you immediately see yes. when someone like Maxime Paler comes over, <laughs> yeah. the crowd just abs- is absolutely smitten. And I, I mean, have, have you seen that live room yeah. pomp? <laughs> how, can you, how can you not get over when you're doing that? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah I mean, it was such a, It blew me away how... Because I thought, well, the G1 match was very good and I thought this one... It wouldn't quite live up to that, and it got bloody close. I thought it was the finishing stretch of Okada finally, like usurping Jonah in that sort of um, beating the monster fashion. I think it was, mm-hmm. it was really good. I, I don't, it's like repeating myself a little bit, but it's, it's just a very good match. <laughs> um, Kay, did you enjoy that one? I did not, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Wait, cut that bit out, cut that bit out. But, no. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was good, like, uh, like you said, right? The, um, sometimes with crossovers especially, I think you need the more simple stories because you just do not have the time to build something that's more, like, thematically deep or complex. Yeah. And... Executing well on a simple story is something that's valuable uh, on its own. So I, I will definitely watch that match. <laughs> and if you're going to watch that one, one I w- perhaps would ebb on the side of don't bother is the main event from this show, um, <laughs> which was Jay White defending very, very surprisingly, successfully against Tamatonga. Um, yeah, it was a bit much, I thought. It was about the, the melodrama... It was all a bit because did anyone really think Tamatonga was going to win? 
He doesn't scream Wrestle Kingdom main event, does he? Um, yeah. yeah, so I think that sort of... It sort of had its uh, legs kicked from under it before the match even started in that Farmer was never going to be there. Um, but actually, a testament to them, despite that, um, it got very good, especially towards the end. They really built tension mm-hmm. and did the best they could to get the crowd going. And Tamatonga's massively... Um, favoured in the crowd isn't he so it was in the house it was a better job than perhaps it comes across um, on New Japan World mm-hmm. yeah I was going to say I actually <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed this <laughs> um, it's one of those matches where you look at it and yes Tamatonga is not at least right now he's not a Wrestle Kingdom main eventer he's that's I don't think that's a controversial statement to say but what that match does is over the course and as it builds and it builds and it builds and, you know, Tamatonga had many chances to win that match. It's sort of, even though you know he's not, you still end up biting on it a bit. And I, yeah. I definitely did. I remember there was one moment in particular, which um, when he was going to hit Jay with the chair and then decided to give it back to Red Shoes and say, no, I'm not going to do that. And then he walked into a blade run, nearly walked into a blade runner, which he then reversed into a roll up. And, you know, that was a very close one. Because then Jay kicked out at one because Red Shoes wasn't looking. But it's like, you know, it felt like Tama was, you know, he had a chance as the match developed. And I did find myself buying into that. But also on, on, on that note, one thing I do want to say is I am tired of people being faces, getting the chance to hit someone with a chair and saying no. Like, they <laughs> all want to do this ro- that Roddy Piper spot where he yeah. goes to hit Bret Hart with the bell and then he's like, no, I'm, I, you know, one last time I want to be good. I'm not going to do that. Just, just twat him for once, please. <laughs> I just want to see Jay White get smacked with a chair. You're, you're there. a good person. <laughs> <laughs> Reminder to watch Dragon Gate because that did recently happen in Dragon yes. Gate. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Is this what we're doing wrong? We just need to watch, just watch Dragon Gate. It's just like everything. <laughs> yeah. It ticks all the boxes. Um, yeah, I think maybe I'm a bit harsh though. So it had its moments and I did actually enjoy the Young Lion stuff where they were, um, they did a sequence of a Boston Crab and Jay White really, really wrenching it in. Um like harking back to their uh, days in the dojo together um and it had nice elements like that but melodrama like you said with the steel chair spot that just <laughs> it, it pulls me out of it a little bit um yeah i do have to add it's possible that because i not to brag but i, I was at royal quest a couple of weeks ago or when oh. i was and one thing i did take away from that show is tamatonga is immensely over yeah like Mm-hmm. This man was both times in matches with Tanahashi, my all-time favorite wrestler, and yet I possibly the crowd felt a little bit louder for Tamatonga somehow. So I think maybe I've got a little bit caught up in the ride of Tamatonga now, but you know I don't think that's a bad thing. I yeah. think it's good to be invested in wrestlers, and you know I've ended up enjoying this match more than you, Jamie. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's where I've gone wrong. <laughs> That's oh. where you went wrong. You didn't go to Royal Quest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> if it wasn't in like the the most arse of a place to get to in London, then it, am I probably just gone. It's, it's Crystal Palace isn't um, yeah. sort of heaven. You lack to. dedication, mate. I, yeah, I uh, went further than you went. Yeah, you did it all. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> tried that week. Um, yeah, so I, I'm a little bit more sour on that one, and um, Ben's happy with that one. So we'll see where we land on the next one. Um, not a match that sort of the match is done with New Japan. Um, they've announced a new title, which we, yeah, they've announced a new title. It's it's got some interesting stipulations to it actually, which um, they are positives uh, to the whole situation. But as a general note for me, do we need a new title? It uh, it does kind of like I I do like the like with the with the shorter time limit. It's hopefully like not gonna be eating up too much time uh, on the shows. Yeah, but uh, it is also like New Japan has has a lot of titles. Um, it is. Hmm. The thing is, New Japan have a lot of titles, but they don't really do much with any of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, apart from the world title and the United States title, most of them at this point just feel so there and nothing. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if you can get something, because. Basically, this title seems to be just like the New Japan version of the high-speed title in Stardom, with this kind of emphasis on faster matches and whatnot. Yeah, well, so, I'll, I'll just I'll just read out the stipulations quickly from um, the trusty source that is Kieran uh, Kieran's Twitter. <laughs> um, so we got fifteen-minute time limits, a focus on higher-paced matches and younger wrestlers. The tournament started um, on the fourteenth of October, which is time of recording. Um, and it will be concluded at Wrestle Kingdom. The new champion, uh, the, the inaugural champion, will be crowned at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. like with these rules, like it feels like they're trying to make a very fast-paced title, kind of like this, the high-speed title. But I'm I'm looking at the tournament yeah. to crown the next <laughs> champion, and it's not looking very fast-paced. <laughs> I, I would I love to see like evil have have a have a high speed match. It just in the first you... round against Aaron Hanare, that is not gonna be a fast match. <laughs> yeah. Fucking <laughs> fucking evil and Aaron Hanare going full like Yoshino versus Dragon Kid. <laughs> yeah, um... that's gonna be the next Azumi versus Starlight Kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we won't go too in depth on the bracket itself, but we'll just—I'll just pick out a few wrestlers which really fit the young, quick wrestler gimmick. Toriyano, uh, Hiroki Goto, Sanada, mm-hmm. Evil, mm-hmm. Um, Kanemaru, Yoshinobu Kanemaru is in this young wrestler competition. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, if, if it does elevate younger wrestlers and gives younger wrestlers a bigger spot and gives us some quick face matches in New Japan and that's a good thing. Uh but yeah, another title is sort of that they they need to do that and I'm not yeah. sure I entirely trust them. I mean you know, as you say, like a lot of these people aren't very young. As good as Kanemaru is, I do yeah. love him. But you know, it's you need to show you that, that you're gonna do what you say you will with the title and um yeah. I don't know how confident I am that they will. 
Well, what's the problem with Toriano? He wins matches in like 30 seconds, so he's definitely <laughs> fits the, yeah, fits, yeah, fits the, the fast. Fact, the time limit won't be a problem for Toriano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, I think that's sort of it for New Japan. It's not, uh, they've had two big shows, but it doesn't seem like there's much energy or excitement coming out of it. And I guess that's sort of the post um, G1 lull as we like chug along until we get to uh, <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom, which should be good. I mean, we can say what we want about how New Japan are at the minute, but Wrestle Kingdom always delivers and we're back. We are back to one night, aren't we? I'm not mistaken in that. I haven't dreamt uh, that. Back to one night. Yeah. yeah, thank goodness. So, yeah, it should. Um, it should get yeah. get itself going again. Um, Business is going to pick up come the start of the year, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, it often does with New Japan, doesn't it? Well, yeah. And then then we get to New Year's Dash and it falls <laughs> off a cliff again. Yeah, well, well, so I've got some more positive things to say uh, about our next promotion on the list, which is DDT. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of matches, uh, again, for me, from DDT. I know Kay's in the old show, so we'll, I'll pass over to some expertise. For someone who's put their work in, I've, <laughs> I, I, I dove in for the two matches and uh, Kay's put the effort in uh, and watched the old thing. <laughs> Well, um, in, in turn, you watched all your Japan stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first match um, is. So these are from the 25th of September again. Everything happened on the 25th of September. That's that's a theme of this podcast. Um, <laughs> and Yuki Ueno defending his DDT Universal title against Karanoir. And this was bloody lovely, this match. Yeah. Uh, uh, like. Going in, I expected, right, because I hadn't watched the, the preview matches to this, um, I kind of expected Kara Noir to be like a gimmick wrestler, right, he'd be doing like ballet stuff and, you know, maybe there'd be some good wrestling in between, but uh, he blew me a fucking way in this match, <laughs> and he was incredible, like, I knew that dancers have, you know, great agility and greater strength than you would expect, but, uh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a fret in this match. Have you, have you seen him live, Ben? I've not made it up, have I? You have made that up. I Actually. have. <laughs> 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 I, I, I was aware of him before this. I, I know someone who really likes Brit Rest, so like that's that's like when ninety percent of my knowledge when it comes. Yeah. And but like watching that, I, I this is a name I'd heard a lot. So watching that, I kind of get why now he is. Very, very good. He's very out there in his presentation. I thought that was that's always nice, isn't it? Someone who, you know, the music hits, the likes go down. You, the attention is there, and that's really what you want in a wrestler, especially one that you're literally watching for the first time and coming into this not knowing much about them. Yeah. And boom, you've you've got me from before you've even appeared. You know, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm excited to see what I'm going to see, and then. That match happens, and well, would you look at that? I I enjoyed it. I've gone home happy. I'm I would like to see more. So yeah, there you go. Job well done, I say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I also think he was uh, a great fit for Reno because Reno, right, uh, among like the top guys in DDT, he's like the fast one, the agile one, um, and the one who's also. A bit more fragile than guys like uh, Higuchi or Takeshita, right? So, uh, <laughs> seeing him um, in this match, right, like having to struggle against this seemingly insurmountable opponent, and but 
also, you know, with both of them being that fast and that agile, it was a really good fit, I think. And I'm really happy also at the moment at the end of the match where, you know, they, they made up and their friends know. It was always sweet, I think. Yeah, I think this... It was a very short... Uh, it wasn't a very short. It was a, a very... It wasn't a long match, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was very quick and it just didn't really stop for breath and it sort of they from the from the bell they like shot at each other and Karen and I was diving around uh and I mean it was I really enjoyed this and I think with Karen and I, I think you hear a lot like the adages it's like the entrance is great and then the bell rings but with Karen and it's that's not an issue because when the bell rings he's a great wrestler um and I think he's a great fit for DDT um and hopefully he sticks around and gets some more opportunities like this and they seem to like him they because they they've given this off the bat haven't they um and the fans were there straight away so i think promising signs from Karen Noir in ddt yeah definitely one of the better outsiders they've bought in recently not 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 directing that at anyone in particular <laughs> 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 Yeah, so uh, the other match on this card, um, the main event, was Higuchi defending his KOD openweight title against Takeshita. And if we thought the last match was good, I mean, this was even better for me. Um, it was so vicious and intense. Um, and that, the spot with, I, I just say that spot, and everyone knows what I mean for this match, with <laughs> Higuchi headbutting the ring post. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. Nigel McGuinness-esque, I thought. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't often wince when I'm watching wrestling, but that spot was definitely one of those. Um, what a legend, Higuchi. Love him to bits. <laughs> um, this was great. Yeah, I'm very much with you. This was, this was fantastic. And it, it was brutal. It, there was one bit in particular, not, not this... Um, bit where he headbutts the ring post, which everyone goes to. But I did also notice that was a bit where I think Takeshita hit him with a particularly nasty forearm, just sending Higuchi flying out the ring. And, you know, it was the sort of match where they're hitting moves that have me not shouting expletives at my laptop, but I'm, it's definitely <laughs> getting, you know, like individual moves are getting a reaction from me. And it's like it very easily sucked me in just the sheer energy and intensity of this match between the two of them and um, Takesh just started bleeding uh, lots of big powerful I remember Higuchi just slamming them all around and stuff and then uh, like like that final finish when he when they pretty much Higuchi just falls onto Takesh they've just yeah. given each other literally everything so you know you could argue that Beating Takeshita with what's technically kind of a push is a bit of a bit of a underwhelming ending. Except it's not because that that match has already had so much intensity and power. By the time you get to that point, they're just both totally spent, and it just yeah. totally works. In that he's just just that final flop. It's like you can you can breathe now. <laughs> you can catch your breath after that. And yeah, very very good. Very very good. Higuchi, pretty good at wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I also like that, right? Um, because they're the two bigger guys, you'd expect, you know, a slower match than the previous one. It was a bit slower. 
But it also showed again and again that, you know, Takeshita doesn't have to be slow just because he's strong. He's also incredibly fast, and that's something that I really liked in this match. I really enjoy these sort of fast-paced, uh, quick match uh, matches that have, like, quick movement, that sort of thing, and I really got that with this one, too. It's just... I think, like, for me, there was one, like, aspect of it that was a bit bittersweet, because it was sort of a match about, right, Higuchi maybe succeeding Takeshita a bit as uh, the ace of the promotion, now that Takeshita is gonna work more in America. And that was, like, for me, that was a bit sad, because <laughs> I, I really like Takeshita, um, and I really like the way he sort of represents what I love about DDT, right, this sort of mix of genuinely good wrestling, but also silliness and also a lot of heart, a lot of emotional depth in his story and this uh, connections to other characters. And that's, that's not something that I have so far seen from Higuchi, but I hope he can sort of build that in, you know, his match with Sakaguchi in whatever else he might have coming up, uh, that he can build those same deep running connections that Takeshita has to the other people on the roster. Yeah, I think it's, it's they fit perfectly together these two in this match, um, and that they don't. I don't think they put a foot wrong for the whole thing, and they um, mm-hmm. they were so fluid in how they wrestled. Um, I think it's interesting you're saying with it's like it's a changing of the guard with DDT, um, mm-hmm. and that's obviously Takesh has been he has been DDT has a lot of encapsulated what it has been recently, um, and Higuchi's a different. Um, it's a different like proposition to what Takeshita was. Um, I, th- I think it, it's in safe hands, as it were, with um, where DDT is now with Higuchi at the Elm. Um, and I mean, you said you were sad there, Kay. I-, I wrote a couple of months ago an article saying Higuchi was the king of DDT, and I'm I'm just delighted it's lasted a couple longer than a couple of months, really. But it seems like it'd be evergreen for a little bit longer, uh, at least. Yeah, I was, I was going to say it, it's it's. Bittersweet for you, maybe. It's just sweet for me. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very happy to see Higuchi just run with this position he's been given. He's had yeah. a bit of a bang of rain, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah that's just because like, I'm a fucking character depth storytelling first person. You know? I'm a fan of big men. <laughs> that's valid. <laughs> I'm just going to hand the floor to Kay now because uh, they've watched the whole show, which is put the work in. And we, me and Ben sat here, we're, we're just watching the big ones. Um, so, Kay, what did you reckon? <laughs> I, I'm going to skip the one about the fucking NFT because I don't have to get me started on that and the politician one. Uh, but um, the rookies, I think they, in, they had like the dark match in the beginning. They did a really good job. I think it really showed that uh, Kojima and Ishida in particular, they've really improved. The crowd loves them. Uh, they're doing a great job. I, I like them a lot. Like the, the future prospects are definitely good. Uh, I love the opening comedy match of the show. <laughs> um, I mean, if you didn't see it, it's basically like there are three separate gags. Like in the beginning, uh, Asuka and Oishi have a quote-unquote lucha, uh, not Oishi, uh, Washi, uh, have a quote-unquote lucha match. Because, uh, right, that's the running gag with Owashi that he really wants to be a lucha wrestler, but he does not have, you know, the stature for it. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was pretty funny. Then Mao and Hirata had basically like 
an anime swordsman duel without swords uh, and like with all the cliche phrases and all the cliche moments like the moment where Hirata doesn't notice he's been cut down before it happens or thinks he's won uh, and then <laughs> and then Anton um, and Saki and Kai get into the ring and it just becomes um, you know how sometimes the gun gets in the stuff develops in some kind of love spell where like people get entranced and then someone has to break them up uh, and that happened with Saki Akai and Asuka and Hirata and Mao respectively <laughs> and Asuka stayed under that spell and waited for Saki to kiss her the entire rest of the match um, and it was <laughs> it was it was like I really liked it as a comedy match because like all of the gags they went on for just long enough like to really enjoy them but they didn't go on for too long it was a really short match like it didn't uh, overplay its hand which is something that can sometimes happen with ddt i think uh i really liked it as a, as a comedy match yeah we sounds like we <laughs> we missed a very crazy match <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and i mean the other two matches uh with like damnation versus um the old God, what were they called? Omega something? Yeah. Uh, and um, Burning plus uh, Masada versus um, Sakaguchi, Sumatakao, Harashima and Sakagi. Um, both of those matches, like I have pretty much the same opinion on them, which is like there wasn't spots in them, but like as a whole match they didn't really blow me away. Um, but Masada is still like really good. Like as a rookie, right? Only three months uh, of training, and he's already this fucking incredible. Like he he's gonna be if he can avoid getting injured and shit. Like he's gonna be uh, um, amazing, like generational talent when he's got a bit more experience. Yeah, I, I've 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 definitely been really impressed with what I've seen him so far. As you say, he's only had a few matches, but. Every single one is like not only has it got my attention, but I'm seeing it's getting plenty of other people's attention as well. So he's he's definitely someone to keep your eye on over the coming weeks, months, years, and such. Absolutely, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of really great young talent in wrestling right now. Yeah, definitely. I think DDT do a good job of highlighting the younger stars as well, and. Um... Mm -hmm. I think you're hard pressed to find bad an offensive undercard from DDT. They're always um, they're just the tidy shows from DDT. And if you've got the time, they're always worth um, the undercard. You can't go wrong watching the undercards. Really, the matches are solid enough. Um, a promotion that's undercards might not be as solid. Is <laughs> next on the list. Uh, I'll just leave that as a clue. I wonder see if people can work out what we're going to talk about next. Um, well, also, to add to that, um, considering we're just talking about pushing young talent, another, <laughs> <laughs> another promotion to move to. Yeah, well, this, this one's a, like with Kay was saying with Takeshita, uh, this is bittersweet for me. Um, mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about Keno versus Kato Kimiya. Unsurprisingly, also from the 25th of September, because I that's the only day that wrestling's allowed to happen. Um, <laughs> They had their main event over the GHC heavyweight title, uh, and massive fan of Kano wanted him to retain, uh, and Kimia won. Um, but I am happy to see that they're giving Kimia a bit more of a go, and they're they're getting him back to the top. 
Uh, and really, you can't say they're not trying with Kiramiya. Yeah, I, I kind of get the feeling that right uh, um, now that like, Muto is retiring um, soon, they kind of like woke up a little bit and had this thought of, oh shit, we do not have enough young talent <laughs> to replace like the, the people who are all going to be like retiring sooner or later. Um, and then, like it can only get you so far. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they really tried to like, you know, build uh, Geomia as a successor now. Uh, and I guess that match was, was a step towards that. I think it's sort of like mixed. Because on the one hand, yeah, like Noah direly needed to push some young talent and like Kiyomiya is the only one they had built enough to do that kind of thing. But on the other hand, uh, the general handling of the main title and the fact that Keno lost it at this point is also just in itself not great booking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I gotta say, given my earlier cheap shot of them just now, I, they are at least, you know, Kaito is GHC heavyweight champion now, so they are pushing a young talent. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, um, Funaki, when he had his uh, national title, did beat uh, Masaki Amiya for that, which is a shame, I think. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that go the other way. So, yeah. you know, the rest of it outside of that, though, is still, it, it leaves something to be desired. But yeah, I'm agreeing with Jamie in that it is kind of bittersweet for me, this match as well. I was very happy when Keno won, possibly audibly so. I can't remember, it was a while ago. But like, it's, it's nice to see them do something with Kaito. But, you know, you just, and you look back at the past few title reigns, they've all been short. It's, that's, this belt has been just hot potatoed since uh, Nakajima lost it. Um, I don't think any title reign has got past one defense. I think it's either been nothing or one. So, which gives us the opportunity for possibly the funniest thing ever to happen. Because after this match, Kaito was challenged by uh, Kazuyuki Fujita. So, you know, if we have an opportunity for another instant loss of a title, I think that would be very funny. I'm sure a lot of people get very mad about it, but you know what, at this point, I'm just here for the jokes. Yeah. But... No. I mean, this, this could all date very badly when if Fujita just win the title. After that, all of that, got, after just it, go back to Fujita. Yeah, they've got a young guy, they're, going, they're really going for it, and then Fujita knocks him out. So <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him, I really wouldn't. At this point, I'm Probably one of the few people, considering I'm someone who still watches Noah somewhat positively, I'd probably be one of the few people who'd enjoy that. But it would <laughs> be know. a laugh, wouldn't it? In fairness, it, it would be a laugh at this point. You know, if you can't laugh, what can you do? But <laughs> if you don't yeah, laugh, I would like to see. Now. Exactly, I've cried enough. But <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> You've taken Keno's title reign for me. You're giving it to Kaio. So, it's, you know, it's not going from a good place to a bad place. You're going from a good place to a good place. But, yeah, I would have just liked to see Keno have about a little more. And yeah. For me, the match overall felt kind of there. I didn't get too sucked in. Like, everything they did was sound. Um, they had nice combinations, nice strikes. It's just a general decent match. But it didn't, it didn't feel 
didn't feel it didn't have that intensity that kind of heat that fire that i look for in a match to like suck me in the way that the other earlier matches that we've talked about did so it was and it was just very it's just sort of happened in front of me i didn't yeah feel myself getting into it and then you sort of get um you know you had a few moments here and there and kaito hits does a little muto pose hits for shining wizard and wins so it's it's an ending. It kind of came a bit out of nowhere. But, you know, he has had this story going on with him using a lot of Muto's moves and kind of finding this balance of how to get success either with his own stuff or Muto's stuff. So, you know, it's nice to see that progressing, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it was there. It happened. Can I get champion anymore? <laughs> Yeah, I did try to sort of look for, you know, the, the story in that match and like the best I could personally <laughs> <laughs> The best I could personally come up with was uh, was about like Kaito trying to, you know, match up to Muto's legacy and trying to successfully use his moves. Like in the beginning, uh, Keno counted a lot of them and like did his own shining wizard and shit like that and like as the match went on Kaito became more successful. I guess that was sort of the story of it. But, uh, I mean, I'm a uh, controversial opinion here. I'm not, like, that invested into Muto that I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, you're not invested in Keiji Muto in the year yeah. 2022. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, he's becoming uh, his, his successor. I'm, I'm just not that invested in that. But, like, the, the Muto. Oh, like crisply ex executed, it was hard hitting. It was it was a good match, but I wasn't as invested in it as I could have been if there had been more of a more of a story or more good fucking with the fucking title. Yeah, I, I think that's the general thing for me with this match is it, it it was a good match, but that's kind of it. You know, it was it left something from you know it's Kaitoki Amir and Kami you expect something good from talents like that and you know you got a good match but you expect a bit more from them that I just think it's it was it was a bit underwhelming for what the match should have been I think maybe I'm complaining a bit too much here but it, <laughs> you know it's I I just wanted something a bit more not that what they did was bad it was good it just wasn't yeah. I, I was hoping for great, but I'll I'll will settle for good. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm a bit of like a negative Nelly this for this one because I just it was really underwhelming. I thought the match is the match itself. I mean, I think we can probably make a, a more interesting conversation about everything around the match. But for me, like <laughs> the first fifteen minutes was just sort of like just nothing happened. <laughs> I know because the talk, there's a lot of talk when there's a big New Japan match and it's like, oh, nothing happened in the first 10 minutes. Um, well, that's what this match was, really. It was uh, nothing happened for the first part and then eventually we got we got going and that last part of the match with um, Kiyomi really having a fire lit under him and going for the Keiji Muto moves and hitting all his big offence and like slowly but surely making his way to surpassing Keno. Uh, that was great, but it was the 15... The 10 15 minutes beforehand, where I thought I could just nod off here, and I'm so that was sort of the underwhelming part for me. But I mean, you can't get too much. The finishing stretch is fantastic, I mean, it's salvaged situation. Um, and on, on balance, 
it, it was a it was a decent enough match. But in the main event, big title match facing the winner of a tournament. Yeah, like Ben said, you want great, you good doesn't always suffice in situations like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there's there's actually a lot going on in Noah. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, the Dragon Cake Connoisseur K. This is uh, in your wheelhouse. Uh, D, uh, DDT. Dra- I just keep re- <laughs> just thinking about DDT constantly. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Gate. Uh, Dragon Gate are doing a crossover show with Noah. Yeah. Speaking of Kiyomiya, he did uh, recently show up in uh, in Dragon Gate on their most recent Korakuen show, and uh, he uh, made an alliance with uh, the current Dreamgate champion, that's like the main championship, uh, Yuki Yoshioka, and did a did a Dragon School and a Shining Wizard uh, well suit uh, on uh, <laughs> Kota Minora, and uh, they agreed to do a match that like everyone was pretty surprised would be happening on the joint show because it was kind of built as a junior show but uh, the show will have uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and Yuki Yoshioka the two main champions against Keno and Kota Minora which are like their main rivals so maybe you know I hope that can uh, catch some interest it'll uh, it'll be on the 11th of November and it'll be on Wrestle Universe. And yeah, the, the rest of the card is... Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I really like Zebrats, but uh, they're gonna be <laughs> in a fucking match with Hajime Ohara. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I won't be watching that. That's where you wanna be. Because, uh, because unfortunately, like... And their opponents too, right? It's, uh, it's Dragon Kid... Uh, um, Alejandro, uh, Dragon Dyer, fucking Ninja Mac, and um, Extreme Tiger. And it's like, if he wasn't in that match, I'd really be looking forward to this. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, well, I'm sure that's a show we'll uh, cover next month. And if, it, if, if that's the show mm. that actually gets me to watch Dragon Gate, then there's a win there, isn't it? <laughs> that it'll all be right. worth it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do find with shows like this, it, it's it's very much, you know, with these crossover shows, as we saw with like a Manoa show, we have a crossover with New Japan uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, don't remind me. The third one. <laughs> it, you, you get a lot of, you know, you're going to get a lot of just tag matches with people in it. And, you know, it's, it's not always going to be the most. I do think that actually them doing uh, Kaito and Yoshioka versus... So I, I've got you know, the, um, the website open on my other screen here, and it's translated into English. And the translation for Keno is Fist King, and I very nearly <laughs> just yeah, yeah, I saw that, that was fantastic. <laughs> so I do think that's exciting, but you know, you're gonna get a couple. I mean, especially with Noah, who you know, I find that undercard a bit lacking sometimes. So you are gonna yeah. get a couple dinky combinations, and that's why I'm gonna be. You know, I'm I'm actually quite excited for this match. I think Noah and Dragon Gate is a nice combination, but unfortunately, to watch KZ, I am going to have to sit through Nosawa, who is <laughs> I feel like at this point my mortal enemy. Um, so you know, they're giving and taking away at the same time, but I, I I can live with it. I think there are possibly more exciting things they could do with him, but you know, yeah, yeah. 
it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> and they're gonna have a team with Yohei because they, uh, you know, because of their connections back when where Yohei was in Dragon Gate. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. And I'm guessing like the last time uh, Real Saito, Genki Oiguchi, and Osawa were teaming, it was like they were doing a parody of uh, old Dragon Gate faction Jimmy's. They were called like wrong guys, and they were all like done up the same way that Nosawa is. And Saito <laughs> was clearly hating it. <laughs> so maybe they'll be doing that in that match. You can help, can't we? <laughs> so we've had. Uh, if, it, if it makes Nosawa interesting, then I'm all for it. <laughs> if it makes Nosawa interesting, I'll eat my hat, I reckon. <laughs> 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 Uh, that's bad laughing at me, I'm joking, isn't it? That's not. Um, <laughs> so, Kay, you've uh, talked about your expert area, and now it's passing over to Ben for his area of expertise. Um, All Japan, what have we? Um, because it's another one which I've, um, as full disclosure, I've moved to university quite recently, and my time has sort of ebbed away, and I've not had. Well, I've really wanted to watch the anniversary show, but unfortunately, I never did get round to it. Um, but Ben, here to save the day, he's seen the All Japan show. Um, what yes. did you think? Despite moving back to uni, I, I have managed to catch it, Jamie. Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. That's a low blow, that one. Uh, I, uh, to be fair, I'm looking at it, it didn't happen on the 25th, so I'm going to excuse you <laughs> for yeah. not being able then, to watch I, it. I only watch shows that happen on the 25th of September, nothing else. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, yeah, you know, it's it, this was a show where the sort of the spectacle of it felt a lot more important than the actual contents. Obviously, it's the big return to the Budokan, which is, you know, a big deal, especially for a promotion like All Japan, where the Budokan is such an important part of their history. Um, you know, um, obviously, in the build-up, this Kento Sawama match had been... We could see that from a mile away with the Royal Road. We talked about that in the past. I don't need to dwell on that. But, uh, uh, you know, Voodoo Murder, Suwama, yeah, whatever. Um, uh, the match was fine. It was nothing too special, nothing too bad either. It was just fine. Um, obviously, they're good wrestlers, so you're going to get something okay, you'd hope. Uh, it, it was a match where... The significance of it isn't in what the actual match was. It was, you know, these are the two guys who have basically been all Japan sort of after that little period after the exodus. These have been the guys who have really carried the promotion through what have been a, you know, a tough 20 years. Mm -hmm. I think it was about 20 years or something since they last returned to the Budokan. So... You know, these these are the guys who have defined that period, so it makes sense to have them in the main event. Uh, Kento winning was the right choice, I think, because, um, you know, I was actually just watching that, I was astounded by how well that Triple Crown just fits Kento. It's yeah. just, it's the him belt. They, 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 <laughs> made, they made it to fit him, didn't they? This seems to be where they are nowadays. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> just... It's like he almost doesn't look right without it, and the yeah. belt almost doesn't look right without him. Like they just feel so synonymous at that point. So I do think that was the right choice. Um, the tag title match was my match of the night, I'd say, with uh, Yuki Honda and Shotaro uh, uh, Ashino versus 
Sawyer and Amori with a reunion of Get Wild. That was, you know, that was fun. It's not the most interesting match in the world, but you've got your tag champs who are very, very good, might I add. Yeah. Two of the coolest men in the world. Shino and Honda were amazing. They're amazing on their own and they're even better together. They're, yes, yes. Fantastic. That's what you want from a tag team, really. This is the simplest form. It is. They're fantastic together. And <laughs> they, they elevate each other, don't they? Yeah, and then, you know, it's not the most exciting opponents in the world, but it's like that fun, it's a bit of All Japan history in that, Yeah, and you're getting to display that, and I think that was really what a lot of this show was about. I mean, they, they had, I think they had a better match than the main event, that's why it's my match of the night, but, you know, overall, I did think that was very good. Uh, Jake Lee had a match that happened, <laughs> but I um... Most of the <laughs> Yeah, I know you like him, but you know. <laughs> he's all right. Did you see, have you seen what happened in that match? Jake? Yeah, it was about two seconds long, wasn't it, or something like that? Yeah, forty-three, but you know, <laughs> because well, this is because uh, I heard about it because it wasn't live streamed on uh, the no, All Japan TV, so I, you couldn't watch it for a week. I think. Um, yeah, I think um, like a few matches were aired on TV. Yeah, and that, that's, that was the issue. Not, yeah. not long after. They were pressed for time, that wasn't was they? Possibly, I don't know. I, 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 I think, was I think that's what, busy when it happened. I think that's what happened. I think that's why it was 43 seconds long, because they ran out of time and, and needed to get well, to the main event. Well, that is a relief, because, you know, I've, I've been dousing myself in copium, but next year will be the year of Jake Lee. Next year, it will all come good. It will, He will be fine. It's not a problem that he lost in 43 seconds <laughs> and looked very... He did not look good coming out of that at all. Um, but, yeah, other than that, it was... Felt, you know, there's not a lot to write home about. Uh, you Mariagi versus Christopher Daniels, good match, like that. Uh, Tiger Mask was there and did a match, which was fairly forgettable, but... That's Q1, which is, you know, that's exciting. And the crowd are very happy about that. But really, you know, out of all of that show, you look at the Korokan the next day, Kenta Miyahara versus Naoya Nomura, that, that blew every single match on that card out of the water. That, that one was exceptional. But like that, that finishing stretch in particular, um, Nomura starts laying in some elbows. It, it just goes to this next level. And if... If you're going to watch anything from that Budokan show, I'd say watch the Korokan match instead, because that, like that, that's the one you want to watch out of this you know, couple of shows, because that was, that was really, really something. So yeah, there's my All Japan roundup. I hope you Fantastic. enjoyed it. It, it's, it is still on the watch list, that show, and hope, hopefully I'll get around to it. Uh, I've also got some Gleet to watch, because mm. I, I did want to talk about Gleet, and I never... Because... Uh, uh, Lindemann defended against Ito, and I never got around to that neither. Uh, but they're on the watch oh, list. Yeah. So. I should probably make a watch list and put that on there. <laughs> well, there's not. Well, there's not actually a lot going on in the next couple of weeks, really, in um, in terms of Japanese wrestling. So hopefully, by the time we come to record next, there's something interesting's happened. I know Higuchi's defending against <laughs> Sakaguchi before the end of the month, which is. Um, no, that'll be good, won't it? Higuchi versus Sakaguchi, can't really go wrong. Yeah, of course it will. That's, that's going to be lovely. I'm almost salivating at the fourth so, already. Delightful. So, <laughs> before we 
run away for the month. Is there anything, any other business, anything we want to mention? Um, any promotions or matches we've seen? And if we're uh, like, if we're mentioning stuff that's related to Japanese wrestling in terms of, uh, I was, I was, I was teeing you up for GCW, stuff, but, yeah. there, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for this. I'm, <laughs> I actually, I actually wanted to uh, to say something nice first, uh, <laughs> which is that, um, is that I actually liked uh, a whole bunch of. The excursion matches that uh, the many many Dragon Gate wrestlers on excursion uh, have been having. I liked both Sean Skywalker versus Jack Evans. That was really good. And if you like sort of hard hitting Kingston versus Ishi type matches, uh, him versus Dragon Lee in the same show was also fantastic. It was like they were beating the shit out of each other. Um, <laughs> Also, of course, uh, Yamato versus Mike Bailey was quite good, uh, but that was partially <laughs> because it had Raider Scott on commentary, and unlike other certain commentators, <laughs> she actually <laughs> somewhat cares about the wrestlers she's commentating on. <laughs> I think Raider Scott's married to Mike Bailey. Yeah, yeah. But like also Yamato, she also um, and not that she's also married to Yamato. <laughs> <laughs> she's she married to every wrestler she commentates on, so she, she has a connection. That's that is interesting. Oh, admire it. Never get up on GCW. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, like eh, there were some choices made, <laughs> um, <laughs> both in terms of the booking where they had. Um, like Christensen, uh, Christian, uh, kick out of Shun's finisher, Shun Skywalker's finisher, which like so far exactly one person has kicked out of it, and it was Yamato when he took the Dreamgate uh, title off of Shun, and like, even that that move is super projected. And GCW just has fucking Blake Christian kick out of it in a mid card match. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then commentary didn't even know it was a super protected finisher. <laughs> then they know the name of the finisher. In the previous show, they called it the SPS. It's called the SSW, and it's super easy to remember because it's like Shun Skywalker SSW. Um, ah, so he's got his nail there, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and, and they just and they just call it the fucking SPS, whatever that is. And Dave Meltzer. Fucking also called it the SPS and is right above the show because he apparently does no research. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also said that Sean has been in RED for a long time. RED is a faction he was in for one week before it was renamed to Zebrats, which is the faction he is in now. I was about um, to say, are, are they even around anymore? That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and like it's also especially egregious because in Dragon Gate you can tell which faction someone is in by the color of their gear and R.E.D. all had red gear so maybe looking at Sean in his fucking black gear you should be able to tell that <laughs> he's not in fucking R.E.D. <laughs> uh, yeah so that was certainly an experience but uh, as um, as other Dragon Gate fans pointed out unfortunately they're probably gonna have to go through GCW if they want to get to the mainstream 
So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they, you know, by next year they'll be, uh, you know, getting access to better promotions and uh, be receiving more respect than this. That seems like a fantastic place to end it, doesn't it? With GCW, that's <laughs> that's what when, when I when I thought, oh, well, I'll, I I really fancy doing a pure wrestling podcast. I really wanted to, GCW is where I envisioned it going. Oh, <laughs> uh, right so before we uh, close off, Ben, do you have uh, anywhere for anything to plug? Anywhere the the good people listening can find you? Um, you can find me at Wids seventy two on Twitter. Um, that's about all I've really got to offer you. Uh, I so instead instead of plugging something I've got going on. Uh, Seedling are running a tournament for a new Beyond the Sea champion to fill the vacant belt on the 19th of October. So I don't know when this goes out, but that will either be happening soon or that will have happened. And I recommend everyone go and check that out should they get the chance, because it'll be very good. Fantastic. And Kay, how about yourself? Uh, I have a blog uh, named kfape.com uh, and that's <laughs> if you ever want to know why I haven't watched all of the matches it's because I do weekly updates every Friday at 12pm general main time uh, and you know I write beginner's guide article for Dragon Gate wrestlers uh, which you know might be useful if you want to check out the promotion and sometimes I do translations of like small mostly Dragon Gate related stuff but I'm Trying to branch out, I have a bunch of DDT and TJPW brochures. Amazing! So that's definitely. Uh, I, I think I'll be checking that out when I when I finally come around to watching Dragon Gate with that Noah show. I think <laughs> we'll give it a go. I'll, I'll read your blog beforehand and give myself the best chance of understanding what's happening. Um, you do more prep than GCW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should. You should have sent your blog to GCW. That that uh, sort of... <laughs> And literally, I literally posted. John Skywalker for beginners before the show, the day before the show, each day of the show themselves in the GCW fucking tag, and they didn't read it. For myself, um, my Twitter is jjohnson underscore sixteen. Um, and I'm starting writing again uh, in the next couple of weeks, and I've got I've got like a bit of a backlog uh, to throw up on my Substack, which I'm getting going in the next couple of weeks. So keep sort of the eyes peeled if that's interesting. Uh, Tia, um, in terms of wrestling, uh, of course you can follow wrestling on Twitter at wrestlein, and we are the only podcast. Uh, you have Fight of Five All Elite listening, which I actually was on a couple of weeks ago pretending to be knowledgeable about things that are outside of Japanese wrestling. Um, Noob Japan, The Ocean Cyclone Show, and the Patreon exclusive is Into the Wrestleverse. So if you subscribe to the Patreon uh, for just a pound a month, uh, you can listen to that and get early access to all the podcasts, including this one. Um, the last bit, of, the last note to make is last month, uh, Ben put on his fantastic Australian accent. He sounded just like Trent um, and we talked about our first experiences in Pruesu uh, and Kay was on that podcast as well and we had a great time so if uh, you scroll down the feed you'll be able to find that 
um, and give that a listen. Uh, so, Ben, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. And Kay, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for listening to my rants. <laughs> More GCW rants next month on the Pure Vision. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> right, thank you for listening.